Section 336. The next generation of Baltimore sports talk. All right. Good morning. It's Monday, July 15th, and let's talk about some Orioles because, hey, this is a fun weekend. Played four games against the Rays. The Orioles took one away. They got that makeup game in on uh, Saturday afternoon, and they at least got that win. Other than that, it was some pretty ugly baseball from the Orioles this week. Um, Bundy had an absolutely horrible performance on Friday night. Sent him to the injured list, the IL, after that with some right knee tendonitis. So we'll see whether or not that's a real injury or just say we got to have some excuse for how bad Bundy looked. Uh, we then get news of Cashner's trade. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But uh, then Sunday was fun as the Orioles got almost fell into a perfect game loss against the Rays and a multi-pitcher. A lot of people were talking online as it was going down into the ninth inning about how, well, it's not a real perfect game because they used multiple pitchers or it's not a real no-hitter because they used multiple pitchers. That sounds way harder to me than one pitcher who's just dominant for the day. If you can get three or four guys that are just holding down the fort, I think that's a lot harder. I think there's a reason we've never seen a multi-pitcher shared complete game before in baseball. Because that means you all have to be holding down. You all have got to be dominating up there. It's never just that the team, your opponent sucks. I mean, the Orioles suck. They really do. But that's not what get how you don't get a perfect game or a no hit bid because you play a really bad team. I mean, you got to think about it. It's pretty surprising that the Orioles were not no hit last year as bad as they were, and they still haven't been no hit as of this year so far. Uh, thanks to Hanser Alberto getting that hit in the ninth uh, to start off the ninth, and then uh, Villar got a hit right behind him, and it looked like the Orioles were stringing a little bit together. In the end, the Orioles got three hits in the game. The Rays got five, so it doesn't look as cool on paper as it did going into that bottom of the ninth when the perfect game was still in hand. Uh, the Orioles have an off day today, but tomorrow they play the Nats. And we're going to talk about this Kashner trade in a moment. But what the fun is now with the Kashner trade and whatever other trades happen as the Orioles move players around is who fills those roles. Today we saw uh, Tom Eshelman get bumped up to get the start because it was Kashner's turn, but they needed someone. When I was looking at who's going to pitch on Tuesday and Wednesday, it's Wojciechowski and Brooks. That's your Tuesday-Wednesday pitchers versus the Nats who are coming into town red hot. We'll, talk, we'll save that for tomorrow's conversation. But it's crazy, and the names are just going to keep getting crazier as it goes on. Uh, outside of Birdland, well, you know what? It's kind of still in Birdland, but in the Atlantic League, we talked last week about the robot umpires and getting it to call balls and strikes, and all reports say that that was a success so far, and people are saying this is what we're going to get in the majors in probably four or five years. So that's exciting. We're going to get robot umpires about the same time that the Orioles get a World Series, it's sounding like. But uh, either way, that'll be fun. But on Saturday... This is, I guess this is still in Birdland because it isn't, it is a Maryland team. But the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs, Tony Thompson to be specific of the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs, became the first player ever to steal first base in a professional game. Uh, because we talked last week about the, how the Atlantic League was adding that rule after the All Star break. 
And so that went into effect on Friday. And on Saturday, Tony Thomas had the opportunity where a ball got past the catcher and then it got stuck under the backstop. So by the time the catcher was able to pull it out and everything, there wasn't even a point to throw it to first base. So we've talked, and I've talked off mic and stuff with people about, like, when would you actually see this play? Well, there's an example. When the ball gets stuck in some ridiculous spot and you just happen to luck into getting first base. So, all right, let's take a break here, and then we're going to talk about Andrew Kashner's trade to the Red Sox. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's now the home for Section 336, 336 Daily, and Film Study with Ken McCusick because it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Everything you want in one place. You can record and edit on the website or the app. If you don't know what you're doing with audio, no problem. And they take care of the distribution. They get you onto iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, all that stuff. And again, they'll help you monetize it with little ads like this. So go ahead and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Do you guys like the way I'm doing this with kind of trying to do two segments and kind of split the conversation up? Uh, yeah, it's because of we've got an ad there and I've got to throw it in somewhere. I, I hate podcasts if I put it on and there's an ad first thing. So I'm trying to avoid doing that, even though this shortened thing. Uh, plus, when I say, hey, I'll be right back, you can always press that 30-second button to skip the ad if you want. Just Just letting you know, I'm okay with that. It's an experiment. We're trying something new. As I said, all everything with this show will be chances to try things new. And a little sponsored ad is what we're trying now with two separate segments. Whether it ever comes to the big show, I don't know. But let me know how you think uh, as far as how I'm fitting it into this show. Love your guys' feedback. Keep sending me feedback on Twitter. Uh, or go ahead and go onto iTunes or Google Play, Spotify, all that stuff, and add a review, five stars, write your comments in there. Please spread the word. Let's let this show continue to grow. There will be a new Section 336 recording this evening where Matt and I will hop online and go deeper into some of these conversations. But anyway, all right, so Andrew Kashner was traded to the Red Sox. No surprise. I believe I gave it a 98%, 99% prediction on uh, Section 336 last week that it would happen before the end of the month. It happened Saturday. So no holding out. The Orioles found something they wanted. They've tra- made a trade with the Red Sox for Nolberth Romero and Elio Prado. And you guys are familiar with these people, right? Sure, sure. Like anyone is. That's the fun part about this. Nobody knows who these are. So there's lots of bloggers and stuff writing, uh, writing about these guys. And here I am doing a podcast where I'm going to talk about these guys and uh, tonight with Matt, we will talk about these guys. But come on, the truth is, these are two 17-year-old kids who have barely started their pro career. They are playing in the Dominican Summer League, or they have been playing. I don't know if the Orioles have a team over there. I know the Red Sox have two teams in the Dominican Summer League because they're uh, a little bit ahead of us on international uh, relations. But... So there's no prediction. I think my favorite part of this trade is the fact that nobody knows anything, that these guys' kids are five years off, which means, you know, Duquette made some trades last year, and we, and we kind of judged him on those immediately. And then we said, well, let's give it a year. And then we, we've judged him now as we look at Villar and, and some of these other guys, Yusniel Diaz and guys, and see, 
all right, were those good trades or bad trades? We're, we're judging Duquette now on what he did a year ago. What Elias did on Saturday, we can't judge him for five years out. Who knows what these guys are going to be? They're 17 years old. I mean, you're not even out of high school yet in America. So seven, We just signed two seven, traded two 17-year-old guys. Now, they did get decent signing bonuses when the Red Sox signed them. And I did like this quote from the Red Sox GM uh, talking to Red, uh, Boston media where they asked him about the trade and these guys. And his response was, I know these guys are far off, but it hurts. When they were coming up with these names, they weren't guys that we were hoping they'd ask for. But when an opportunity comes to help out the big league team with a starting pitcher, it's tough to say no. That's I like that. I like the fact that he says it hurt. So good. We're trading to the Red Sox, but thankfully, tell me it hurt. Uh, but he went on to say, we were able to create value quickly with these two guys, and that's a tip of the cap to the international scouting department. And isn't that what it's really saying, is that the Red Sox have better international scouts. Everybody has better international scouts than the Orioles. So here we go. We were able to pull two guys off. Uh, uh, plus, Nolberth is a cool name, but uh, Nolberth is six feet, 145 pounds. He's a shortstop. They're hoping that he's going to add some strength and size as he grows a little older and, and turns into a man, basically. Uh, and that'll be interesting to see how he progresses. As far as the other guy, uh, Prado, Elio Prado, he is another six foot guy, 160 pounds. And he's hitting 303 right now down there with three home runs, nine steals, and a bunch of walks, 20 walks. Uh, so that's all pretty good. And he's an outfielder with speed, so they're excited about that. He's the type of guy that looks like he could develop into an everyday player. So that's cool. That's exciting. But again, it's two 17-year-old kids uh, who have never even probably been to America yet. So we've talked before about how it's a risk on these young guys because they're growing up. They're Think about where you were at the age of 17 and then where you were at the age of, let's say, 22, 23, at about the age they would maybe get a shot into the majors. That's the tough time of life. Things change. Whether you're, whether you're a professional ball player or not, it's, it's you, your body changes, you develop – your strength goes or doesn't. You get introduced to different people, different towns. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I do like John Heyman's tweet about this because Oriole fans were complaining because that's what Oriole fans do. They're never happy about anything. So we traded Kashner like we all knew was going to happen. And people are upset that we traded Kashner. I saw one person on Twitter. It had to be fake complaining about how this is the last straw for him as the Orioles with the Orioles that Elias sucks because he didn't bring win into baseball to Baltimore this year and that getting rid of a, a good pitcher like Kashner is proof that he doesn't know what he's doing. I don't get it. I hope that guy's fake. John Hyman made this good point on Twitter and it's kind of similar to what we were talking about earlier. For O's fans, if you're not happy with return, the return for Kashner, consider the real benefit. The O's are only .018 behind the Tigers for the worst record, but 12 of their 28 wins came in Kashner's starts. 
so they're now likely to be assured of securing MLB's worst record and number one pick in the great 2020 draft. And yeah, that's probably that sounds about right because you know what the Orioles are not done with besides losing. They're not done trading guys. They're going to trade at least two more guys. Some people say four or five more guys. But you've still got Mancini available. You've got, uh, well, Dylan Bundy might be off the market now with that IL trip. But you still got Jonathan Villar out there. You've got uh, Miguel Gibbons. You've got, I don't know, some other guys that we don't really value that maybe another team could because maybe Nunez with the type of season he's having. But anyway, anyone that's playing good for the Orioles right now is on the market. Except maybe John Means. But guess what happened to John Means on Saturday? He didn't pitch very well. He did not pitch well at all. So he uh, was not the John Means that got into the All-Star game. Uh, Well, John Means didn't get into the All-Star game, but he's not the guy who deserved to go to the All-Star game. So hopefully we see a nice bounce back from John Means after that extended time off. But anyway, yeah, it's going to be interesting because we have no real names. We got Wachowski and Brooks pitching the next two games, Tuesday and Wednesday, against the Nats, as I said earlier. This team is going to secure the number one draft pick, it looks like, because they're going to continue to lose. It's going to continue to be ugly. And let's just hope that just like Sunday, we can keep off the no-hitters and keep all of that out of Baltimore. 